Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast. Yeah. Hey, let me just give a big shout out. To all the adults who have taken vacation time to go to kids camp, to our youth camp, uh, to volunteer as sponsors, as drivers, as setup crew, as teardown crew, man, what a huge difference and impact our adults, our volunteers, our college students are making in the lives of the next generation. And we just couldn't do it without you. So thank you, thank you, thank you um, for taking time out to invest in the next generation. And I've got to tell you, this is a perfect time to plug this. If you're teenager isn't coming on Wednesday night, they are missing out. Um, Michael and the sponsors, Michael and Aubrey, our youth directors here, they are doing a fantastic job. They don't just do service, they get to know your kid. Um, and if you want your kid to be known by somebody who is really trying to partner with you parents and really provide an, opmus, an, opmus, an awesome atmosphere, see, it's opmus is the same, awesome and atmosphere combined, um, an osmus, um atmosphere for your kids to come and just to get to know other people that are going in a great direction that you want your students going in, you've got to get them here. I'm a, I wouldn't even plan on talking this. Time out here for a second. It's like the Zach Morris time out by saved by the bell time out this does not count for my preaching time I have to make that established or they'll start like you went 35 minutes no I didn't um, went 40 um, but parents let me let me talk to you for a second you got to put effort in getting your kid here you do. We put effort in taking them to sporting events. We take, put effort into getting them to practices. We put effort into getting them to extra school curricular activities. Why would we not put effort into getting our kids someplace where they're going to be influenced by Jesus Christ and adults that are there to sharpen their relationship with Jesus Christ around other students who are trying to go in the same direction? Not perfect, but trying to go in the same direction. That means it's going to mean you have have to be made uncomfortable. Your schedule is going to get interrupted and you got to bring them. But I can't think of anything better to invest my time in than putting my kids in an environment that's strengthening their relationship with God. What they're doing here on Wednesday nights, week in and week out is awesome. Get your students here. It is worth it. So that's my shameless plug um, for our youth ministry because they are doing a great job. Hey, our, our place is packing out and filling up and this is awesome. And there are bad problems and there are good problems. When we started the church, we had a bad problem. 
problem. Um, we didn't have any kids in the children's ministry except for the nursery and like the, the four and five and three-year-old room because um, we just combined it. And Sammy and Alyssa were there um, as our children's director and they'd have the elementary room set up at Memorial High School in the cafeteria. Like they spent hours getting everything set up and prepared and there would be no children that showed up. And they were like, man, this totally sucks. Um, here's the deal. Now we have a plethora of students, children coming into our children's area. And we need some help. Parents, if you can start coming to the first service and bringing your kids, that would help us out. I know it's summertime and you want to sleep in. But the great thing is we are running out of room. And we've got room in our 9 o'clock service. So some of you, wakey, wakey, eggs and bakey, get here. It is an awesome service at 9 o'clock. And help Help us alleviate some room because I'm telling you, we're going to pack this service out. We're going to pack our nine o'clock service out. We'll go to a third service. We'll build more churches and we're going to keep being the church God's called us to be. This is a great problem to have. So help us be part of the solution and not just to say, hey, we still have a problem. Hey, we still have a problem. If you can help us out, that would be fantastic. Today we are in our series, uh, second week, starting a series called Ephesians. It's a six-week study. And one of the goals of this sermon series is this, is that a lot of us at the beginning of the year, we had a great resolution to get into the Word of God and to read it more, and we get to July and towards the end of July, and probably we're not into the Bible as much as we wanted to be at the beginning of this year. Somewhere we probably fell off. And so I have challenged all of us in this place, if you weren't here last week, that's fine. You can still step into the challenge to get in and read the book of Ephesians. It's six chapters long. Some of you have read Harry Potter in two days. <laughs> it's six chapters long to read it once a week. Some of you, you can do more than that. Some of you, maybe you're going to get tired of Ephesians. I would encourage you, keep on reading. Just keep going on. Keep reading those letters that Paul wrote to the church. But let's get back into the Word of God because the Word of God is the, what God wants and how He wants to speak to us most of the time. And how can He speak to us if we're not taking time to hear from God and to hear from His Word? And as if you've been coming to Foundation Church very long, you know, man, I I don't get up here and preach my opinions. I may be ADD. I don't even know how to say it today, apparently. <laughs> Too much coffee. La, la, la. Um, but one thing I do is I preach the Word of God. It's not my opinions. It's what does God say about this? Not what is the popular thing, what is the cultural cool thing, but what does the Word of God say about this? And some of you, you need to know what the Word of God is saying about your life, about your situation. And the way you do that is to open your Bible and become a student of the Word of God. So I would just challenge you, start reading the book of Ephesians this week. Highlight, write down, take your notes, man, a journal, whatever you want to do, but let's write and be students of the Word of God. Today is um, a little bit different message. I, I just will be honest, we're not even starting in Ephesians, we're starting in the book of John. And um, this may not be my smoothest sermon, but this is the sermon I know beyond a shadow of a doubt I'm supposed to speak today. Uh, I would much rather speak the sermon and preach the sermon that the Holy Spirit is leading me to speak than the sermon that I feel obligated to speak. And so today it may feel a little rough, it may feel a little choppy, stick with me because this is a message that is deep inside of me. Um, I, I, this is a message I'm not preaching 
preaching at you, I'm preaching with you. Um, this is some, a message that's just kind of messed me up um, in some certain areas of my life where I've just put it on coast. And so I hope that it ministers to you today. Today I want to talk to you about separated shoulders and weed eaters, and it should make sense by the time we're done with it. Um, separated shoulders and weed eaters. We're going to start in the book of John, John chapter 5, verses 5 through 6. And as we get ready to read this text, I want to set it up just for a second. Um, Jesus is coming to a place called Solomon's Porch, um, and Solomon's Porch is where a bunch of uh, uh, paralyzed, blind cripples would, would hang out, and there was a the Pool of Bethesda. Some of you have read this, and once a year, the Pool of Bethesda would be stirred, what most people believe to be an angel, and the first person that got into the pool was healed. Check your Bible out. There's some really cool things in there, and um, if you didn't get into the pool first, you weren't healed, and so Jesus is, is checking out Jerusalem. He's checking out Bethany. He's checking out Jericho, all these surrounding areas. He comes to Solomon's porch. He sees these beggars. He sees what's going on. He sees the need, and we pick up there in John chapter 5, verse 5 through 6. It says this, one who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Do you want to get well? He'd been an invalid for 38 years, and, and that question right there, do you want to get well? That's our first point. Do you want to get well? I, I've read this story several times, and yet this didn't ever stick out to me. It was kind of like a duh question to me, like, duh, Jesus, yeah. Um, you know, but, but here, here's why this stuck out to me now. He had been in this condition for 38 years. Think of that. That is a long time. Some of you think 38 years old is old. Um, it's now old. Um, when I was 35, I used to think 38 so old. When I was 20, 38 so old. It's not old. I'm 41 now. It's not old. It's young. You're just a pup. <laughs> he had been in this condition for 38 years. He had learned to function in his paralysis. He had learned to function as an invalid. He had learned to function as a cripple for 38 years, meaning he had learned how to make a living with his dysfunction for 38 years. He had learned how to get money. He learned how to position himself at the temple. He learned how to position himself at the right place where he would get the most money being a beggar. He learned how to survive. He learned how to thrive for 38 years in the condition he was in, in his dysfunction. And in the middle of that dysfunction, he probably got a little comfortable with it. And so Jesus is coming in and he's like, man, you've been this way 38 years. You've been dealing with this dysfunction for 38 years. You have grown used to this way of life for 38 years. So the question to you today is, do you want to get well? Do, do you really want to change or do you, would you rather stay the same? I got to tell you, um, some of you have, maybe you've been suspicious of this, but I am a dysfunctional person. Um, I, I have a dysfunction in my body. Um, some of you are like, this is not testimony time. Um, but I, I, there was a, a time 
when I was an intern at the, at the, at the church I grew up in, um, where I was an intern and they sent me to every camp because I love camp. Like, I love camp. And I, I would never get tired. I still don't get real tired. Um, I've just got a lot of energy. And so we went to kids camp and they had a slide, which is so cool that they showed a slide. Um, they, they had a slide there, but it was bigger and it was on this big hill and it was the only cool thing to do at camp because the rest of the camp stunk. And they put baby oil all over it and Dawn and they had a little water hose and it was like this, this uh, just plastic tarp that went down this hill and then like you just dropped off into a nasty creek. But you didn't mind that because you were on this slide. And so, you know, the, I was at kids camp and which was never a good idea when I was in college to put me in charge of kids. Um, but I was there anyways. And so here I am, and, and the kids are going down. They look cute. They're going down on the rears, and they're ending in the thing, and they're going down on their little inner tubes, like, woo! And I'm like, let, 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 let's let, this is fun, and this is cute, but let's amp this up a little bit, because that's what we do it, guys. We take something safe and, and fine, and we do something stupid and make it extreme, right? It's what men are great at. Yes, there's, there's some of us, you're never, you're not going to grow out of it. I'm still this way at age 41. I'm like, hey, let's do this. In case it's like, I can't even watch. I can't even watch. Um, and they're like, dude, so anyways, um, focus. So I decide to surf down this hill. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen me balance. This is, was not made for balancing. <laughs> There's a reason I don't ride a skateboard. There's a reason I, I would be afraid to drive a motorcycle because, you know, I just, I think, it would, I'm like, man, that's impressive. You're on two wheels. Um, but I decided to surf down this. And so I get on, I'm going down, I'm going slow, and then I hit where the dawn is. The baby oil just wiped off. The dawn stayed there. The, the, the dish soap was like there. And I went, whoa, whoa, you know, I started going and my, my stance got wider and wider and all of a sudden, wham! I mean, I fell hard, like wow, and landed right on my right shoulder. And I, I was used to falling as a 20-year-old. Like, it just happened. That was part of life. Like, uh, Justin, he just fell again. Give him a helmet, you know? Um, <laughs> this, was, this was different. When I fell, man, I hurt my shoulder. Like, it was like, oh, you know? I mean, I fell and knocked the wind out of me. And whenever you get the wind knocked out of you, you try to make it look like you didn't, right? You're like, and like you're still like that's gonna help more you just you try not to have a smile expression or a frown you just and so I just I just start I just go down the slide like this like a little lump laying on my right shoulder and I just I just flop into the creek it's just like whomp, you know just and I get up there like are you okay and I'm like um like mm. biting my lower lip like yeah I'm good and there, I knew something was wrong with my shoulder. I could not move my arm. And my hand hurt, and I was like, uh-uh. And so I'm crawling out, and all the kids are like, that was awesome, Justin, why don't you do it again? I'm like, I think I only do it once this time, guys. Um, <laughs> I go into our room, my room, and I'm trying to take my shirt off. I'm like, oh, well, comes out. I, I end up going to the doctor. I have separated my shoulder. I. It's like this. It's still like this today. I, I, the doctor looked at me and said, okay, 
are, are you playing athletics anymore? I'm like, no, I'm done with basketball. You, he goes, well, let me tell you. He goes, you can do one of two things. He goes, you can leave your shoulder the way it is. Over time, those nerves will just kind of deaden. I don't know if this is true or not. That's what he said. Um, and, and, you know, eventually you'll get movement in it and you'll be fine, but you'll have to live with a big old lump on your shoulder and that's just the way it is. Or we can do surgery and we'll have to cut you open. This is what I'm hearing. This is the worst option possible. You're going to cut me open. We had to pay for it and I have to do rehab. And he's like, rehab's going to hurt. I'm just going to tell you it's going to be awful. I'm like, I will not get surgery. And so um, I still have to this day a dysfunctional shoulder. I have a separated shoulder um, that I live with and I've just learned to function with. I, I've had it more now than I haven't had it in my lifetime. I have learned that my dysfunction is just kind of a normal way of life for me. And you know what? I know how to get better. I know how it, how it could be corrected. But I gotta tell you, I, I don't want that to get better. <laughs> I'm fine the way it is. And the question this morning is, some of us, you're just like me, but it's your soul and it's your inside and it's your character and it's who you are. And the question this morning is, do, do you really want to get better? Do you, do you want to get better? Some of us, we just are excusing away and we're just dismissing away what God wants you to put away. And there's a big, big difference to it. Some of us are just, well, I'm just an addict. This is just who I am. This is just how God made me. No, that's not how God has made you. That's just who you settled into being. And the question this morning is, is it, well, what are you a digger? Well, I'm just a porn addict. No, you're not. God didn't create you that way. That's just what you have decided, that your dysfunction, you just learned to function in it, that it feels like the new normal and the new you. That's not who God created you to be. Do you want to get better? Do you want to get well, well I, you know, I just struggled with alcohol. I've struggled with prescription pills. I've struggled with this. And I'm just a slave to this. But, but God didn't create you that way. The question this morning is this, and it's a yes or no. Do you want to get better? Do you want to get well? Some of us say, well, I'm just an anxious person. I, I'm just a fearful person. I struggle with an anxiety, but the reality is it's easier for you to hold on to that fear and anxiety because you feel like you have some sort of control. But God didn't make you that way because his word says, I didn't give you a spirit of fear, of anxiety, but I gave you a spirit of love, of power, and of a sound mind. Do, do you want to get well? Do you, do you want to get, well, I'm just, I'm just an angry person. I just tell people what I think. I say it like this all the time. Ah! <laughs> I, just, I, I just have a temper problem. No, 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 no. You don't have a temper problem. You've just allowed your dysfunction to become the new norm. And you've learned to function in your dysfunction. And what God is wanting you to do away with, you're just clinging on to. For some of us, and hear me, hear me, hear me. We've been so broken. We've been so hurt. We've been so crushed. And I'm not talking in the last week, the last month. I'm talking it's been years ago. But you want to hang on to that because that's what you've been known for now. 
Oh, if you just knew their story. Uh, if you just knew what they've been through. And, and I got to tell you, when I hurt my shoulder, I had a sling on. And as a result, my parents didn't ask me to do much. Their expectations of me were lower. They gave me a pass on some things. So they let me get away with some things and take it easy. They didn't push me because they realized I was hurt. And sometimes, if we're not careful, man, I, I get it. There's a time to mourn. There's a time to weep. There's that moment, but there's a time for everything. There's also a time for healing. And some of us, we have been clinging on to all our hurt and all that has been done wrong with us because we have figured out that it allows us to have a past and people aren't pushing us and people aren't encouraging us to begin a new thing and let God do a new thing. It's just we want to stay in our sling, our spiritual sling, our hurt. But God says this, that he heals the broken and hearted and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. And the question this morning is, are you going to cling to the sling of brokenness or are you going to move on to getting well? Do you want to get well? Because just because you say this is who I am doesn't mean that's who you have to be. Just because you say this is who and what I've settled doesn't mean this is who you have to be. So don't let your problems, don't let your function, dysfunction become a way of life. The first step to wholeness is always a desire for it. Can I tell you, the first way of you getting past your dysfunction, the first way of you getting past your hurt, of getting past your addiction, is saying, I want to get better. I want to get well. There's a change that I want to be made, and I don't want to function in my dysfunction like it's normal, like it's okay, but I realize God's got a better way for me to function through life. And this morning, I got to tell you, if that's you, if your desire is wholeness, then, then hear me because it's our second point. Stop making excuses, take hold of the gift, and get moving. Stop, stop making excuses of why you can't, of why your life is here. And take hold of the gift and get moving. John 5, verse 7 through 8 says, Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool. When the water is stirred, I'm trying to get in. Someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, get up. Like, he doesn't just say get up like I just read it, does he? No, 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 no. He said, get up. Like, I think he was tired. Like, I, I'm tired of your excuse. For 38 years, you have stayed this way. Get up. Get out of the way you've been. Get out of your dysfunction. Get up. Pick up your mat and walk. And I'm pretty sure he said boy after this. <laughs> get up. And, and this, this person, the invalid, just wanted to tell Jesus why, well, this is why, this is all that's happened, this is what's going on, this is how I got addicted, this is, no, 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 no. Jesus was like, you know what? If you want to get better, stop making excuses. Take hold of the gift that I'm giving you and get moving on with your life. It says this in Ephesians chapter two. See, we got there eventually. Verses four through five and verses eight through nine. But God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. And it's only by God's grace that you have been 
saved. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So no one, so none of us can boast about it. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. All the time I hear people say, well, I would get things right. I would stop functioning in my dysfunction. And they don't say that phrase, but you know what I'm talking about. I'd start this whole Jesus thing if, if I had it more together, if I wasn't such a mess, if this wasn't going on, if that wasn't happening, if this wasn't happening, if this outside interference, I just need to get some things worked out. I just need to get some things cleaned up before I really come to Jesus and try this whole Jesus thing. Before, before I decide to not be an addict anymore, I need to get some things straightened out. Before I decide to change, I need to get some things changed. But, but hear me, it's not about what you have done. It is all about what he did. It's not about you being good enough. It's not about you being deserving enough. It's not about you being righteous enough, holy enough, worshiping enough, preaching enough, giving enough, showing up to Sundays enough. It's not about you being shiny enough, pretty enough, fine enough, buff enough. It's all about that he is enough. And this morning, you don't have to wait to get out of your dysfunction. He died so that you could be made new. He died so that it's salvation. You don't have to be a fearful person. You can be a hopeful person. You don't have to be a slave to your addiction. You can understand that the Bible says, let no sin have mastery over you. You're not going to be a slave to him, but he who the Son has set free is free indeed. You can realize that you don't have to be broken that your brokenness doesn't have to be the narrative of your story, but just part of your story and that God makes all things new again and his strength is made perfect in your weakness. If you can start understanding that God wants to do things not based on your performance, not based on your appearance, not based on you being good enough, but it's a gift that he wants to give you. All of a sudden, just like the invalid, you can take hold of the gift. You can stop making excuses and you can get up and move on with your life, boy. He's got it for you, but you got to take it. Man, you got to take it. And here's the reason, man, this, this is, I love this point because he doesn't just want to make you shiny and clean. I got, I got to tell you, he wants to use you. Yeah. He doesn't just want to put you in a trophy case and be like, oh, here's Brian Smith. I can't believe he ever got saved. Here, here. Man, I'm just going to set him on a trophy case and be like, look what I did. No, no, no. He, he, he wants to use you. And our last point is simply this. It's you're his masterpiece created to do good things. You're, his, you're not his mistake. You're not his afterthought. You are his masterpiece. Created to do good things. Not created to avoid bad things. Can I tell you, that's where I was stuck so long growing up in church. I thought it was, the whole goal of Christianity was avoiding bad things. 
I'd get on the basketball court and somebody was loafing, we'll call it, and they weren't hustling down to the other end of the court. Man, I'd get mad, whisper something out of my breath that I shouldn't have said, and I was like, oh God, I'm going to hell. You know, and I would, I'm serious. I would get in my car and be like, God, forgive me. I'm coming back to you right now. And I just thought it was all, I thought for the longest time, it was about avoiding the evil, avoiding bad was the goal of Christianity. Can I tell you, it's not the goal of Christianity. It's not why Jesus died on a cross. It's not why he's saying, do you want to get better? He's asking, do you want to get better? Because he's got work for you to do. Because you are his masterpiece. It says this in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. For we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Catch that? He's got an agenda for your life. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. He's got, he's got plans for you. You know, like, I hate when somebody calls me, like, hey, bro. And I'm like, hey, he's like, what's going on? Just chilling out, man. And he's like, hey, well, uh, reason I'm calling right now. And I'm like, ah, there it is. You had an agenda. Can I tell you? Jesus is tapping you because he's got an agenda for you. You are his masterpiece. We moved recently, and when we moved, we moved into a very wooded lot, and um, there's a lot of trees, a lot of saplings that had never been built on, and so we moved in, and, and when I moved in, I got a chainsaw, which is awesome. Like, I will use my chainsaw any day of the week. You just let me know. Um, you can do the cleanup, but I will cut anything down. You won't cut down, um, and I will wear overalls. And I mean, I get it, um, but my wife's like, please don't wear your overalls, but I'm wearing my overalls. But in the process of that, there were all these little saplings and a ton of different weeds. I was like, I don't want to bring my chainsaw out for every single thing. I was like, you know what I need? I need a weed eater. I'm talking like a man's weed eater that can, has a blade on the end of it that can just chop down those saplings and just, just kill snakes with it. Let's just be real about why I really got it. And so, so for my birthday, I got this weed eater. Right? This is mine. If you try to come and steal this after service, I will tackle you. <laughs> this is my favorite thing I have that is like a power tool. When I fire it up, there's testosterone that surges through my body. I'm like, ah, bring it. <laughs> but the other day, the girl saw a snake swimming in a pond right by our house. I'm like, where's it at? And no lie, I went and fired up my weed eater. And I, I went and searching for the snake. I'm like, I'm ready. I will kill you right now. I feel indestructible with this thing. Can I tell you, when I bought this weed eater, I did not buy it to sit it over in my garage and be like, oh, you're pretty. No, because it's the color orange and nothing's pretty that's orange. <laughs> oh, that's, that's the Lord. Um, <laughs> Stay with me. Some of you are like, I'm leaving this church and never coming back. <laughs> Here's the deal. I, I didn't buy it for it to look good. I didn't buy it for it to stay in a safe place. I didn't buy it for it to never be used and never get all ugly and, and, and messed up. No, I bought it for a 
purpose, for use, for a specific thing that I had in mind. And can I tell you, that's what God is doing in your life. He has not bought you. He has not extended the gift of salvation and said, man, if you want to get well, well, then I'm going to make you well and just sit there. No, 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 no. He has a purpose for you. And it's not for you to live this comfortable life that we've bought into of the American dream. It is to do good works. It's to do good things so that it doesn't point to you, but it points to him. Here's what the Bible says. It says this in Matthew chapter 5, verse 16. It says, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 through 19 says, command those who are rich in this present world. That's all of you in this place. Compared to the rest of the world, you're rich. Congratulations. You're a bunch of rich people. Not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them, not give them the option, command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, so they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Some of you, you're you're not really living because you're more worried about being comfortable than you are being significant and the both aren't the same man God has called you to do good works to experience true real life and that comes from being the masterpiece God has called you to be that he has prepared good works Hebrews chapter 10 verse 24 and let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds first Peter chapter 2 verse 12 live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us on people that don't even like you people that are against everything you are for can I tell you the church needs to stop griping about the world and just get busy changing it get busy doing the good things that we're called to do and not complain about all the things everybody else is doing we're not going to change anything as long as we keep complaining about the world acting like lost people they're lost he hasn't called you to talk about all the lost people and what they're doing. He's called you to do something bigger, to start engaging in the good work he has so that they may glorify God, not because of what you're preaching at them, not because you're judging them, but because you're doing such good things that it glorifies and points to something bigger. And they say, man, I want to be a part of something like that. He has called you. He has prepared you and me to do good things. So the question is this morning, do you want to get well? Do you want to get better? Or do you want to stay more married to your dysfunction and function in that? And all that God has for you, there's a better way. There's a better way. Take hold of the gift. Stop making excuses and keep moving. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you for today. Lord, this morning, I pray, speak to our hearts, our lives, that it may point to you. With heads bowed and eyes closed, if you're here today and you say, Justin, I'm here. Man, I don't know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. We want to give you that chance. Maybe you're here and you say, Justin, you know what? I just need to recommit my life to him. 
I'm not where I need to be in my relationship with him. And you need to come back home. I'm going to count to three. If that's you, man, let's stop playing games. Let's get things right. If that's you, I'm going to invite you to raise your hand and we're going to lead you in a prayer. That's it. I'm not going to call you out, but we believe God sees us a raised hand and he changes the heart. If that's you, don't miss this moment. If that's you, when I get to three, raise your hand. One, two, three. Is there anybody here this morning? You say, yeah, that's me. There's one hand, there's two hands, there's three hands, four, five, six. Is there anyone else? Seven. Is there anyone else? You join these seven hands that are lifted. Yeah, there's eight hands. Is there anyone else? You say, Justin, man, that's me today. Man, I need to get, I need to get things right, and I want to join these eight hands that are lifted. Is there anyone else before we go any further in service? You just say, that's, this is my moment. This is my day. Join these eight hands that are lifted before we go. Any for one more hand, there's nine hands. Is there anyone else? You just said, yeah, there's 10. Is there anyone else? You said, Justin, that's me. That's me. If you raise your hand, if you please repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart. Jesus, I come before you today. I confess that I've sinned, but I ask for your forgiveness. God, I turn away from the life that I was living to grab hold of the life you have for me. So Jesus, I ask that your love and grace would enter my life. I confess you, Jesus Christ, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm gonna live for you the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Can we give these 10 individuals that raise their hand a huge round of applause? What an awesome, awesome moment. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. If you have any questions, are in need of prayer, or would like to join a connect group, feel free to email me at nicole at foundationschurch.tv. We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.